Welcome to GearyCast on Sport Direct Radio. Here's your host for tonight, Matt Harrison. Hello, how are you doing? How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing fine. I, I don't know why we did it that way. Chris wanted to have a go at introducing it. I thought he was going to go on a bit longer than that. But um, yes, fa- thank you for the yeah. for the very grand introduction there. Um, but yes, um, this is... A, a big host of your, of your uh, level has to be introduced, Matt. Okay. Yeah, well, he shouldn't I, introduce himself. I, I, I'm on firework displays next, next yeah. time, and you know, like boxers when they come out to music, I want a proper. I, I'll think about what music I want next time, but um, that's okay. Yeah, um, well, you know, we're not here to introduce me. We are, as Chris said, here to introduce the the Giri Cast, which is on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Giris out there. This week, Malaga returned to their sort of their default from last season of board draws with a nil-nil draw against Las Palmas. So we'll, of course, be dissecting what happened in that game. And as always, we'll be looking ahead to this coming weekend's game where we go from La Rosaleda to La Romareda. La Romareda. I couldn't I just have to think of the name then. Um, where we are taking on Zaragoza. But yes, I, Chris has already introduced me and himself. So, as always, it's good to have Chris here. And as always, it is good to have Alex Ashmore with us too. Alex, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm very well. Um, I should ask you before we carry on, I was in the pub last night because it was a public holiday here in Spain, so I didn't have to work yesterday, which was lovely. And we were watching Boris Johnson's press conference and the different tiers um, and, and there were some tears in the pub, actually, because some people were going back to Liverpool in the week. But uh, what what tier are you in of lockdown? How locked up are you? I, I'm not actually sure. I looked on the because I saw the BBC article of you know what's what are the rules in your area, and I think it's still that group of six. Um, you can meet up with other households, and the uni did actually put us on a, a two week. Not lockdown, but kind of you can't meet up with other households for two weeks. But I think that's finished now. So it's back to the usual groups of six, face masks in all public uh, like shops and restaurants and stuff like that. So, yeah. Alex, yeah. Um, I, I, I saw the movies, but I'm not sure. Um, does at Hogwarts, do they have the same rules as, as um, uh, England has or the UK does? How does it work? Well, we we follow, obviously, the government guidelines, but then sometimes universities have the power to put regulations on their students. Obviously, it's a bit more difficult for second years because we live in a house. So, yeah, they they did put us on a two-week, not full lockdown, but a kind of more strict lockdown, but that's over now. So Percamentus has nothing to say in that? (laughs) No. Well, if Hogwarts can protect against the magic of... uh, he who should he who should not be named, which I do mean Voldemort this time, not Mikel Villanueva. I'm sure he can protect John against. Shelby. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it can protect against coronavirus. But uh, while oh. we're talking about someone evil like Lord Voldemort, that leads us into the first part of this week's news. As we all start with the news, um, of course, the the Dark Lord of Malaga is Altani, and Chris, we have. More Altani news. Um, this afternoon, we're recording this on a Tuesday for a change. So, you know, as always, I will put the disclaimer in. This news may be out of date by tomorrow, Thursday, the weekend. But what's happened in the world of Altani today, Chris? Uh, 
our financial administrator has requested at the judge uh, to get the power of uh, two companies Altani owns, that's uh, Grupo Nas 2000. <laughs> it sounds like a very bad rap song. Yes. Um, and the other company is Altani and Sons. Very or original as well. Um, and he wanted the power of both uh, companies because they both have to do something with Malaga, Club de Football. So... Um, the upper agreed, Blue Bay agrees. The only one against it is uh, the defense of Altani, but that's, I think, quite logical. Uh, and the judge will make a decision in a few days. Okay. Um, and I was just thinking, Altani and Sons, you said uh, Nas Spain 2000 sounds like a really bad rap song. I, I was thinking Altani and Sons sounds like a, a sort of a a Middle Eastern version of Only Fools and Horses or something like that, like like a, like a, like a dodgy business. Uh, I had I had visions yeah. of Altani in a like a sheep coat and a flat cap selling dodgy goods, but that, that was just my vision when he said that. Um, yeah, I, I don't really think there's much else to say about this story, really, is it? And, and I think for a change, the rest of the news we have to speak about today is sort of football-related stuff. So. Let's go on to the football-related stuff because it's much more fun to talk about. Um, we, this... can, we can talk about the Dutch measurement, uh, the government, the measures the government has taken, but that was half an hour ago and I already forgot them. So, <laughs> okay, maybe maybe you can. I, I let probably us know have that. a. I will have a problem tomorrow when I go outside. All right. Okay. That that bad. Yes. So yeah, let's talk about football. All oh, right, okay. As long as you can do a podcast for tonight, although there's no, you know, you're not forbidden from doing that. We're we're okay. We're very much socially distant from you, aren't we? We're all quite yeah. quite separate, I would say, um, in three different countries. But yes, going back to the football, then uh, we'll start with the new captains, then, because we've spoken about the captains a few times, and I've sort of, you know, I've got this thing for Ishmael, and I've said I'm, I like him being captain. But when I saw this news about the captains, I thought, well, actually, this does make more sense. So um, for those that don't know, Pelissé announced uh, before this weekend, um, the last weekend's game, that his new captains would be David Lomban as the main captain, Munez behind him, Escassi, then Casas, or Ishmael Casas. And he also said Orlando Saar, because he's travelled a bit more, would be sort of in and around that leadership group uh, Alex, is is this a logical captain choice to you? And is th this like team of captains a good idea? I think it is. I mean, I'm a big fan of Lomban. I think he's a wonderful player, and he's got that level-headed attitude, and he can help the younger defenders, especially Juan de and uh, Casas. And I said it before. I feel like a player of Casas's age, and he's obviously he's a is a very good player, and he's got quality he's got qualities that you know we need but i think maybe captain would distract him from concentrating on his game and he'd be worrying about more things than he should be and lomban being the more experienced one here is is probably the better option to go for <clears throat> chris do you have you know any any arguments from you about this order of captains lomban should be the captain he's an experienced player as the same as Escassi. 
um, but he plays longer in Malaga, so he deserves it more. Yeah. He stayed, he signed, he made an effort to stay in Malaga by lowering his salary. That makes you a great guy, and that, in my eyes, that makes you love Malaga, and I think he's a, he will be a great captain. Yeah, I totally agree with what both of you said. Um, and Lomban, at the end of last season especially, when he was playing alongside Juan De and Ishmael was playing a little bit more and Diego Gonzalez, you know, could be a little bit erratic to say the least. Um, I thought yes. he led that defence very well and, you know, he popped up last season with important goals at times. So, yeah, I think he'd be a great captain. Um, the next bit of news is I just, you know, I just wanted to get my mention of him in before I don't get to talk to him about as much. Quampe's found or Quampe's found a club. He's gone to Saudi Arabia to Al Ain, who I believe are a newly promoted team to the top league. So he's he's gone he's gone for the big time. Um, were either of you surprised that he ended up there, or do, do you think he was always going to go chasing the money? Uh, well, you are the biggest Quampe uh, <laughs> fan. Are, are you surprised? Um, yeah, I am. To well. I, I like I I appreciate that I'm a bit blinded by all this because perhaps I didn't see him as much as Malaga in the seasons before, so I know um my view of him is perhaps a a blinkered one and a wrong view of him. But yeah, I I, I would have liked him to have stayed in Spain and or even I hear the MLS mentioned a lot. I thought that'd been quite fun for him, but yeah, I was quite surprised. But I know he has a reputation amongst Malaga fans for being, you know, he had quite a nice wage here and maybe money was a factor. Well, clearly was. What, what does, about, a, does a player of Saudi Arabia, well, does a player go to Saudi Arabia because he likes football? Well, but the, I suppose the tone of that question is your answer really, isn't it? Where, yeah, I, I think it, it's a money thing, isn't it? He's young enough that he can play at a higher level than that. I don't know. If there's a project there, and there's ex- but I think any project will be money orientated. What, what about you, Alex? Do you think yeah. he could have gone to a better team? I mean, I, I don't know too much about the Saudi Arabian League. I I haven't followed it before, but I I get the impression. Obviously, he wanted a club. I feel like he he needed to play football. He's still at that age where he can offer a lot to any club and. Obviously, a newly promoted side. There's probably a lot of money in that league, I can imagine. And he probably saw... Obviously, money's an option. Any player's going to think about money. And I think he probably also saw maybe a chance of... Or the manager might have spoken to him and said, you're going to be one of our star players. And he was, you know, he was sold a project, an idea. So, yeah, I think surprised by the destination, but... Also less surprised because obviously he was Malaga's highest paid player. So, you know, money was probably a key factor in his decision making. And I, I suppose... Well, what, go on, say, Chris. Um, I never heard a player said, say, I'm going to play in the sandbox um, because I think it's uh, good for my career to play in Saudi Arabia where they have no Europe, uh, European leagues, no Champions League, um, nothing. The players who go to Saudi Arabia are players at the end of the season who want to earn the most possible money as they can get. 
and it's never players uh it's never the top players it's always the lower lower dutch league players who don't even play for the dutch top 10 teams who go to saudi arabia so with the guy of his, his age he chose the money uh, before his football career and that's okay um but yeah okay. i think his career is over after this well, one more question on this then, because and you guys are, I think, better placed to answer this than me. But what do you think? Like, how will Malaga fans look back on Quampi at Malaga? Will they see it as a success or or frustration? Because I get the sense lots of Malaga fans were not too bothered about him going. Really, I think it's it's the talent that never that never how do you call it blossomed that never shined. Okay. Yeah. Or blossomed. It's the same thing, but yeah. uh, but then different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's the flower that never blossomed. That sounds. Much yeah. He's prettier. the flower that never blossomed. He, yeah. he, the, fl- the floor did Costa del Sol. <laughs> it's also a bit of his behavior because I, uh, uh, as most of you know, I am uh, Spanish and I'm from Benomadena, and I saw him a few times in the nightlife of Beno Marina at uh, three, four o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. in the in the pubs and in the clubs. So right. but but he saw you there as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Together together with Peña Ronda. <laughs> um Alex, what about you? What what do you reckon the the last in memory of Juanpi's gonna be when his name gets mentioned by Malagistas in the future? I've always been. I mean, obviously, he's been he's been a good player. I feel like as an attacking midfielder, he's only scored eight goals in 121 appearances for Malaga. So maybe lacking on the goal scoring front, but I still think he was a, a quality player, and he had he had the ability, and you could just see he was that step above the other players. And even when we were playing in La Liga, and when I believe we played on loan at Wesco and I saw him play and I, when I when I heard that Malaga were learning him out to Wesco I was surprised because he was one of our best players and you know we could have used him quite well for that season so yeah I think mixed emotions obviously I think the main thing for Malaga fans will be happy to get that large amount of uh, money off the paycheck yes definitely and as Juanpi goes into the sunset. We we look to the future and, and the, the future starts this weekend, actually. Uh, Atletico Malugueno, who've been playing friendlies recently, they are their league is restarting this weekend. And obviously, a lot of the players from that second team have gone into the first team in the past 18 months or so. And so they've got a lot of new young players as well. But there's still people like uh, Quintana, not Kaya Quintana, the other one, uh, Mini Issa Fomba have been playing pre-season there. Um, and they're actually going to let fans in as well, I believe, to some of these games. Um, any, Well, actually, any um, any game <coughs> from Segunda B below is letting fans in as long as I think it depends on, obviously, maybe clubs in Madrid. They might be, I don't know if they're going to let them in or they're going to let less in, but they're going to put it on to the local authorities and the home home clubs. And yeah, they're playing in... Marbella this week, so yes, against uh, Juventud Torremolinos, I believe, yeah, right? Yes, who I've seen play before. Actually, I saw them play Estepona, so that is 
the fourth tier, I think, or is it fifth? I can't remember now. I think it's fifth. So I'll double check that. I've forgotten because they, um, but I, no, it's fourth tier, isn't it? I think they're fourth tier team. I will double check that. But they are playing football anyway. Well, and... I, I think it's nice if we do, um, we won't do a review on them because we probably won't see them every week play. But we, we, we will uh, keep you informed about the results and the, and the table. And it's also, you've just reminded me actually that um, on my Facebook memories today, I was actually watching them a year ago today against, um, oh, I've forgotten what the team are called. Begins with an L. Oh, I've forgotten it. It's the team that had loads of prawns on their shirts. I remember that. Um, Lopo, I've even been to the town. Four letter. It's just completely gone. But anyway, I saw them play and Heatjam played and Julio played. Yeah. yeah, so there was players playing that day, which were in the first team, like weeks. Yeah, some of them weeks later. Is the will the Swedish uh, their Swedish the Swedish goalie be the goalie for Atletico Malagueño? Can we say that? I I assume so. Yeah, because Gonzalo seems to be very much part of the first team squad. So yeah, but there you go. But yeah, if if you know if again if people who live in Spain or people visit in Spain and you do want to watch some football, apparently. Apparently that is that you know fans will be allowed at that level. Obviously, it's going to vary from place to place, but that's how it stands at the moment. And actually, I, I did go to watch some football this weekend. I went to watch one of my students play uh, for a local Marbella team, and uh, um, to get in, I had to do all the sort of COVID stuff where they took my temperature at the gate and they had to show me my temperature to make sure I knew it. I don't know why because they were very insistent. I I noted it and then I had to like get a QR code and scan that and fill in like a form, like asking things like had I cared for people with COVID in the last 14 days or had I been in a building where people had tested positive, but it's quite a long questionnaire and that was just to watch a under 16s game. So it was, it was quite nice just sitting pitch side, drinking some, well, they were, they didn't have Victoria. They had small bottles of Cruz Campo, but they were, they were very, very cold, Cruz Campo. So it was, it was nice to but be did back. Did they win? Uh, yeah, my uh, my student team won six two, and he set up the first goal and scored the second goal. So well done, Jose Maria. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, and he's the he's the son of the assistant head teacher of my school too. So me and the assistant head teacher just chilled, pitch side, drinking Cruz Campo, and. Yeah, it was it was lovely. Just at the last game of football I went to, linked to what we're going to talk about later, was actually Malaga Zaragoza. So it was it wasn't quite that, <laughs> but it was. It was if fun. they ever needed, if they ever needed Dutch teacher at your school, call me. I will. I, yeah, I will definitely mention that to my boss if if they are needed. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any other news to really talk about. I don't know if you guys want to add anything, or do you want to get to the exciting part and talk about that nil nil draw. Uh, the excitement is too yes. much. I can't wait. Well, we also will do the standings of uh, of Atletico Malagueño and the Malaga Femenino. Of course. Did you yeah. ever seen seen a game, guys, of uh, Malaga Femenino? I have not. No, that I'd, I'd be quite open to it, though. They uh, played um, a few weeks ago. They played a, a tournament where they won against Cadiz ten nil. Excellent. 
Yeah, and then uh, the next day they lost against Sevilla, I believe, or Granada. I don't know, one of them. Yeah, okay. But uh, <laughs> I believe it's Granada they okay. lost. Oh, cool. No, but I yeah, haven't... It was quite a, quite, yeah, quite a big result. Uh, well, I used to go watch, um, when I lived in Manchester, I used to go watch Man City women play quite a bit. So, you know, going from one team in light blue to another, so... That'll be cool, yeah. yeah. We will definitely do that, even if it's just summarising what's going on there or anything interesting yeah. that's going on. Definitely, we will do that. So, from the women's team and the youth team, let's get back to the senior. Well, I say senior team. Half of them are kids as well these days. But yeah, let's go and talk about that nil-nil draw against Las Palmas. <laughs> So yes, we are back to Malaga drawing games again. They've lost two games and won two games, but this is our first draw of the season. And in classic Malaga style, well, the Malaga of nineteen twenty season, it's a nil-nil draw. And it probably compared to any of the dull nil-nils last season. Well, I thought so. Although, although you guys might have to help me a bit because I only watched the second half, really, because I was watching Wales play Ireland, which was also nil-nil, and I can tell you was far duller than the Malaga game. <laughs> so, um, But we'll, we'll start at the beginning, as always, and the start in 11. And you finally got, well, I think we, I think we all wanted this, but Chris, I think you vocalised it more. Escassi started in midfield and with Luis Munoz. Was you happy before the game and before we talk about... Finally. Yeah, go on. What? Finally. <laughs> I liked it much better. Okay, and this would be your first choice going ahead the rest of the season? Yes, but I would take one day off because I didn't like one day. Okay, we'll come, we'll come to that in a second. What about, what about you, Alex? Before this game, was you excited to see this these two paired up with each other in midfield, finally? Um, I don't know if excited is the right word. I think I was quite... Obviously, it's a home game, and I'm all in favour of putting Escassi anywhere but at centre-back. But I don't think playing Escassi and Munoz at the same time in centre-midfield is a good idea, because they're too defensive-minded, I think. Um, I have one of them... And then a more attacking player like Ramon and play those two together. Or if you want, put one of them behind the midfield in a sort of, you know, holding midfield role and then play two uh, centre mids. I just don't think, especially at home game and even as uh, after Las Palmas went down to 10 men, keeping both of them on, I just don't think it shows enough intent. And I think that was one of the reasons why we didn't create enough chances. I agree with you. Uh, in some point, that um, yes, but what I should do then is because I'm not a big fan of one day, is get uh, Luis Munoz to the back as a centre back and together with Lumban then in the future. Okay, that's interesting because I suppose we've seen Escassi so much in at centre-back, and we've seen towards the back end of last season, Luis Munoz 
playing midfield. I sort of forget about him playing centre-back as well. So, yeah, that, that's interesting because, um, Alex, you just mentioned him, actually. And on my little notes here, I did write Ramon question mark because I think he made such a good start to the season. Where, where's he gone? Is, I, I, this is just a question to be maybe just forgetting. Is he injured or is he just being pushed aside a little bit? I'm not entirely sure. I think I haven't heard anything of an injury. I may be wrong, obviously. Um, but yeah, obviously he's been obviously the first game. Um, sorry, the second game against Castellon. I think he was, you know, he showed some some good good periods of play, and um, I think he showed signs of being a starter. And not sure where he's gone. Actually, I thought he was. Was it the Alcocorn game? He was even better. I might have got him mixed up where he just seemed to boss the midfield. And yeah, I don't know. It just seemed... Forgive me if I've got the wrong game there, because I thought it was the game he did. Am I... Go on, Chris. Can, can I say something about Scussy? No, you can't. Okay. No, of okay. course you can't. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know how long he did play for, um, for Numancia. But from what I'm seeing... He scored 12 goals in 138 games for Numancia. And I believe he made quite few of them last yeah. season. I, I believe. the num- I, I thought he'd scored seven last season, but maybe, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, he did. He must have played further up the pitch for them last year, which I believe was the yeah. case. But yeah, maybe he needs to so, go further up. I think the only reason that he played so defensive uh, at Malaga uh, must be, I think, uh, the 4-4-2, where uh, we had Christian, I think, started. And did Josebet start? Or did no. he come in? He came on. on. He came on at half-time. So I think it's it's uh, uh, Pedro's choice that he started more defensively. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and then going on to someone who is making his debut. So Chris has just heard about he's not the biggest Juan Day fan, which I, I, I honestly don't understand myself. But we can talk about that later, maybe. But uh, Jose Mejias, he made his debut, um, and from the bits I saw in the first half and bits in the second half. Um, he looks like he might be quite fun for good and bad reasons. What, what do we make of his debut, guys? The typical uh, South American uh, defender. Okay, do you want to elaborate on what a typical South American defender is like? Because <laughs> I don't want to generalise too much there. Okay, they can be very good, but they also can make those crazy mistakes. Okay, Al- Alex. Which, what... you, which you don't understand. <laughs> What about you, Alex? What did you make of our Venezuelan centre-back on his debut? I I wasn't too impressed at it. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's his first game, so you know it's going to take time before he, he... I'm using this word quite a lot this year, gels with the rest of the squad. And just certain moments, he just looked a bit indecisive and wasn't sure what to do. Um, I think he needs to, you know, in order to be a starter, I, just, I don't think he's at that level yet um, so maybe it's just a case of giving him time 
so yeah, I, I, I think there's signs of maybe in the future he could be a starter, but I wasn't too impressed with him against yeah. Las Palmas. No, me neither. I and, think and in Europe, it's it's more about uh, building up, you know, towards an attack. Yeah, uh, they per- participate more in the game than maybe in South America. Mm, I don't know if that's fully true. I uh, think defender is so- a defender. I, I think I think that varies a lot these days. I think those culture. I think the game is so well. Certainly here, anyway. I suppose where there's so many different players from so many different countries. I, I think you could argue that they they do play that sort of football in South America. Some teams as well, but. Uh, but um, the the thing I noted with him, and again, like I said, um, I didn't. What? Well, I I had the first half on my tablet while I was watching Wales, so I did watch bits of it. But um, I read a couple of match reports the next day just to see if my understanding of the game after a few beers was correct. And I, I, I again, I've forgotten which of the Malaga uh, websites or newspapers said this, but one of them said he's the sort of player that's going to give you a heart attack. And I thought, yep. That's exactly the impression I had of him. Where he does seem to be a bit risky and and do things. But um, um, getting into the game itself, then Let, let's just go. There wasn't really much going on. I would say we'll talk about the the overall performance a bit later. But going straight to the talking point, then obviously Las Palmas went down to ten men with about ten minutes left of the first half. So we played against ten men for. Uh, about 50 minutes or so. I suppose the question is, you know, Kaya Quintana, was, well, was he going to go through and go? And was it a red card, Alex? What do you think? Personally, I mean, I haven't looked back on it too many times, but from when I saw it as I was watching it, I wasn't so sure it was a red card. I think yellow, definitely. Um, I'm just not sure whether the the situation and whether it would have turned into a goal-scoring opportunity merited the the red. Yeah, because that's what the ref pointed for, was it? Because the ref straight away put his arm out and was sort of saying, he's through on goal. What about you, um, Chris? What did you think of the red card? Um, the, only thing I, the only thing I'm doubting about is if he would, because the ball seemed to get away from him pretty far. So I didn't think he would reach uh, the ball to score a goal. Um, but yes, he broke through. So yeah. it, uh, it, if, you, if you're looking at the rules, I think it was a red card. Yeah, me too. I think if I, I, I just got the feeling that if that had been a Malaga game last season, we would have got a red card for that. that I, I know we didn't have too many red cards until after lockdown but it I don't know it just felt it just yeah to me I, I wasn't too shocked I I think I'd been quite annoyed if it was a a yellow card so but yeah I can sort of see yeah. it was it was not maybe really clear cut but it it's enough oh. towards a red for me to be be a red um obviously Kaya Quintana um obviously he he started again up front and I was going to like ask about him a bit because again He's he had that sort of half chance. I might have been in the first half where the goalie made a save with his feet, if I remember rightly. But um, you know what? What are we thinking of Kaya Quintana? Because obviously we're not scoring many goals. Do you think he is the one that should be at the top of the pitch there, or do you think maybe he should be playing a bit further back? Or what, what are we making of him? 
Maybe he can play on the bench for a while. No, I don't know. He makes me. He makes me. Uh, makes me think of a of a player we had last season, Buena Casa. Yeah. I I think there's more to him than Buena Casa. I think he does make things. He he. I think he his. Works hard. Yeah, definitely. But I I think he's got a bit more quality to him than Buena Casa. I, I get your point. Yeah. But he does have that Creates, sort of work ethic. He doesn't create much. Mm. If he creates something, the shot is too weak. Yeah, he did have that um, horrible shot in the, I think, towards yeah. the end of the second half where he almost broke through on goal again and sort of curled a left-footed shot. Well, I don't know if it went over or wide. It just seemed to go nowhere, really. What What about you, Alex? What are you making of Kaya Quintana after five games now? Is he the man to keep that starting berth up front? No. <laughs> um, in a simple word, I I'm yet to be impressed with him. I think that, yeah, they had a, he had a few chances um, that he you know should have done a lot better with, and he he seemed to sort of disappear in the second half. Obviously, until he came off, just didn't look like he was really doing anything and kind of floating about, not really knowing where to go or what runs to make. So yeah, I think I agree with Chris. I think it's maybe time to have a have a sit down. And let someone else have a go. And is yeah. that, well, that's what I was about to say, is that person Pablo Chivaria? Because I, I thought he came on and did quite well, but then I, I, he seemed to be, um, I think it might be in the Sports Direct um, when they put something on Instagram about Biznaga and or Chumbo and Biznaga, and lots of people picked him for Chumbo, and quite a few people picked him for Biznaga. So I was like, I wasn't sure if I watched a different game or maybe the Beard gone to me but I thought he did quite well and has sort of had an impact off the bench what do we think about him maybe starting I was very impressed I think we, yes I think we should judge a striker by the chances he's get, he gets and the and the chances he finishes Okay, so. he didn't get a chance mm-hmm. uh, that's one thing that I didn't really see did he, did he get a chance not really, I don't think. But he, he was sort of busy. <laughs> I know. I know we need someone to be a bit more than busy now, though, and actually start scoring yeah. goals. But um, um, so so that's a thing. So yeah, can't judge right now. But I think every striker should have a chance every match. Okay. And Alex, would you, would you say he's ahead of Orlando Sar in the pecking order of strikers at the moment? Oh yes, I think. I mean, if I was to use an analogy, the pecking order, Orlando Sars on the on the floor trying to get up to the first first level. I think Chivardi is all the way at the top. I feel like he should be starting next game. I was just very impressed with the way he read the game and seemed to be quite aware of what was going on. Obviously, he didn't play a full game, so the signs that or the, the moments that he had is just very impressed with him, and he's a, as an experienced player. So I'm all for him starting in the next game. Yeah, that's how I saw it too. But that's why I was quite surprised when I read some of the stuff the next day, which seemed to be a bit negative about him. So I was wondering if I just completely not focused on the game enough, maybe. As I said, I wasn't fully focused on the game. Um, But that, yeah, I thought he seemed to play really well. Um, Maybe just a couple of other players to mention before we do like the overall performance. San Piero made his debut. Um, did he do much? Because from what I saw, I don't know. He, he didn't really 
jump out at me. I might have missed something though. Mm, he didn't jump out, but he didn't play a bad game. Okay. Alex, do you want to add to that? or I, I mean, yeah, I think a very hit and miss game. Obviously, you know, he's, he's new to the team as well. Only played a few times. And I just think maybe he's obviously a quality player. He's got those, uh, he's got the talent. I just think maybe he, he needs to take more time on the ball because he was, he felt a bit rushed at certain times. And I think when he, when he obviously has the ball, he looks like he can do something with it, but I'm yet to see that quality come out. Yeah, and I think the same can be said for our other winger, Romani, who I know, I think we've talked about a few times now, and there is definitely something about him, but I, I think he was, we've said he's been erratic in a lot of the games so far, but sometimes that erraticness sort of, um, erraticism goes towards sort of um, more positive stuff. I think this was the other side of the scale this week, unless anyone disagrees, where he was not doing great from what I watched. What did you guys think of Christian? I I thought Christian, again, similar to what I said last week, I think he went missing again, to be honest with you. He had that sort of left-footed shot, didn't he, which was, I think it was him anyway, that sort of almost went in the far post. But that was it. I think he had a bit too many shots. Okay. Yeah, I was quite surprised, actually, when I saw that we had 12 shots in the game because I was thinking, I don't remember 12 shots in the game, but apparently we did. A lot of those came from him, from outside the box. And then I think it's okay to try a few times, but mm. it was a bit a bit too much for me, I think. Yeah, we certainly know he can hit it because we scored that great yeah. goal. But yeah, I, I'd agree if um, maybe he did go a bit too much. And then I, I suppose the, the only other place to start if we're going to work out what went wrong, and this is just from the bits I watched, but... It seemed to be the fullbacks were the ones which were getting really taken on by. Well, even when Las Palmas had ten men, we we they seemed to be taking us on the wings, especially first half with Matos and, and Ishmael, who from I, I thought maybe had one of his worst games in the Malaga shirt shirt so far. What, what about you, Alex? Would you agree with that analysis, or am I being too harsh? No, I I, I definitely agree. I think um, the Las Palmas winger Pequeño sort of was all over him in the first half and I think maybe it's that coming back from the injury he's not quite ready to be starting yet and maybe there's something about just match sharpness he's not up to it yet he just needs to you know regain that fitness and hopefully he can uh, in, we'll get back to the levels that we've seen him because I've been impressed with him in other games and yeah no I think I agree it's probably one of his worst performances in a Malaga shirt Okay, uh, so what 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 is our before we do our chumbo and biznagas? What is our overall summary of that performance, Chris? I think um, the uh, playing against ten players is what killed us a bit. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because that's what you see in football many times that it makes it harder to play against ten uh, other players than to play against a full team. And I think I said it to uh, in the uh, after match dispatch. I said uh, I said it to Alex. Um, I think it might come because I see it a lot in football um, that the 
Uh, coach who has a player sent off. Directly changes strategy. And the coach who plays with 11 players leaves things as they are. While he should directly come up with a new strategy uh, with playing with one man more. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly, yeah. Um, but uh, to be honest with you, usually I think when teams go down to 10 men, you know, it, most of the time they go more defensive. But I don't know, I thought Las Palmas, not that I'm saying they went full-out attack or anything, but they seem to be pretty comfortable still coming forward, I thought. But, yes, um, they had the, bigger ch the biggest chances of yeah, the game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was not our finest performance by a long way. Uh, and it wasn't in the 30 minutes. It was in the second half when they when they became stronger and stronger. Yes, definitely. When they when they thought we could steal this, you know, never mind. We've got 10 men. It's there if we wanted. Where we look like the team that should have been thinking that, but yeah, I don't know. Just couldn't. You know, it happens sometimes, doesn't it? They, just... they even scored a goal, yes. even that it was offside. Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what about you then, Alex? How, how would you how would you sum this game up? If I could use one word to summarise it, I think lacklustre would be the word. I think there weren't... Obviously, we had 12 shots, but only one on target, I believe. And playing against 10 men, that's simply not good enough. And I just think that... Me and Chris mentioned this before. I think we, we all have. It's the final third that we're lacking in. It's the midfield to the attack. And maybe just the lack of fluidity and, and creativity. It kind of reminds me of a, a United team with Martial and just pass the ball and hope that the next person knows what to do with it and not really thinking about the next move, thinking two steps ahead rather than thinking one step behind as we're currently doing now. So I think, yeah, just a lack of creativity and a lack of idea. Yeah, I think um, I, tw I tweeted it out yesterday, but um, I think you saw it, Alex. I think you liked my tweet where... And I was reading the match report in Marker and I thought they summed it up perfectly in their opening sentence where they said, Malaga lack gunpowder. In fact, they even lack the gun. <laughs> Which I thought... That's a perfect way of is, describing it. It is, yeah. It was, I was like, yeah. oh, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. Whoever wrote that report for Marker. So, um, yeah, it's just before we go Chumbo and Biznaga then. I've got one other thing I thought was quite cool and this is... Um, sort of a bit more positive than some of the stuff we spoke about. Did you see about Julio, what happened to him that day? No, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. Yeah, well, he, he apparently, he played the last few minutes of the game, didn't he? And um, he went straight from La Rosaleda, drove to El Palo, where I guess Atletico Malagueno were playing, And he parked his car and then played for them as well. So he played two games in the afternoon, which I thought, you know, he only played a couple of minutes for Malaga, but that's quite a nice, quirky fact, I thought. That's admirable, that yeah. is. Yeah. I think that's the, sort of, that's the sort of player we need, someone who's willing to go that extra mile for the club. Like, um, it reminded me of uh, Mark Hughes, because Mark Hughes once did that. He played for Bayern Munich in Munich. Oh, no, I think it's the other way around. He played for Wales in Prague. And then he got on a plane to Munich and played for Bayern Munich all in one day. I always thought that was a cool, cool story, that. <laughs> Julio is our Mark Hughes, is basically what I'm saying. And uh, hopefully he can be like Mark Hughes. But, um, um, you know, that might be a bit optimistic. But, yeah, you know, you can prove me wrong. Anyway, Jumbo and Biznaga then. Um, yeah, this is quite difficult this week, actually. But we'll start, as always, with the Chumbo. 
um, which is probably a bit easier, I suppose, this week. Uh, Chris, who are we going with for your chumbo? Ismael Casas. Okay, I was going to go Ismael Casas too. I did consider Munez as well. It was not his best game, and nah. I, I do, but I sympathise with him a little bit that he's pretty much not had a preseason. So, yes, I, I, I but I went for Ismael. Excuse me, I went with Ishmael as well. Uh, Alex, anyone different? Yeah, I've gone for someone slightly different. I've gone with Yanis Rahmani. I just, I'm yet to see something that I'm very impressed by, and just nothing, no, no chances, no real chances created. And it looks like he's, uh, I, I, I'm not going to use the word again, but I, I feel like he's not, he, he hasn't built up that connection with his teammates enough to a level that he needs to be at at this point of the season. I just think it, the connection and the communication between him and the other players just isn't well, it isn't good enough. So, yeah, I think he's my chumbo for, for this match. OK. I, think I can see what you're saying there. And then, again, like I said, this is probably more difficult this time. Uh, Biznaga. Chris, you can go first again. Who have you got for Biznaga? Um... Yes, very good question. <laughs> I would go with Danny Barrio. Why not? Yeah, I, I considered him. I he, think he did a. I think he did a good job. Okay, I was going. And it's the only one I could think of. Okay, I had a, I had a couple here, but I'll see you, Alex. Well, a couple. <laughs> I say they were obvious choices. I had to try and really dig to get a couple. But Alex, who have you gone with? I mean, I, I never like picking players off the bench. So a mention which should go to Javaria, but my, I feel like my uh, Biznaga for for this game is Juan de. I just think he he picked up some air on some errors that um, Mejias and Casas made, and he, again just looked no nonsense, and he was able to get rid of the ball, rid of the ball, and you know I think he he defended well and showed signs of well a level-headedness and experience well above his age that he is. Yeah, and I've got the exact same person written down where, and pretty much for the exact same reasons. Um, he just, he's just, I thought he was relatively calm in a performance where we needed someone to be a bit calmer. Yeah, the only other, same as you, Alex, the only other one I considered is Javaria. But um, no, I thought Juan de was great. That's why I was quite surprised when Chris said he's not his biggest fan earlier because I think he's great. <laughs> Why don't you like him, Chris? Or not dislike him? I, I might have misunderstood. Why do you not rate him? I don't as know. I find him not so. I found the defense not very stable uh, last weekend, and I think he plays a great part in that. I think mm. as a central defender. Okay, I think we're, uh, we're going to have to agree to disagree there. I think I think he is the the stable stabilizing factor of that defense, but can be. Maybe I'm seeing it wrong. Yeah, you know, you know, you're entitled to your opinion too. And, you know, if people want to give their opinions, you know, get on the Facebook page and the Twitter yeah. and all that sort of stuff and let us know who your yeah, Jumbo and Biznaga is. Okay. Or so. Just don't. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, d d you know, don't if you think Juan Day's not very good because I don't want to hear that again. People should do that more. Yeah. Our listeners should, should give their opinion more, I think. Well, maybe we can tweet out who is your chumbo and biznaka of the game next week and share that a bit more. Yeah. Could do a vote. Let's do a vote. <laughs> um, anyway, that was that game. A nil-nil board draw. And hopefully that's the only one of the season. Hopefully it's all going to be exciting and thrills and spills now. And hopefully 
back and start with three points and a thrilling game at Zaragoza, which we'll talk about next. So as always, last part of the podcast, we're going to try and look ahead to this weekend's game. And this weekend's game is Sunday evening at quarter past six Spanish time and Malaga go to Real Zaragoza. I I don't know if either of you remember what happened in this fixture last season. How good your knowledge is of last season. Did we lose? No, we drew two all. But it was at a time, it was about this time last season... And I don't, I can I remember it because um, we basically Lomban scored in the 90th minute to make it two one to Malaga, and because we hadn't won since the opening game of the season, um, I was in the tavern and the tavern is very small, so I jumped out of my chair and I jumped sort of so far I sort of jumped out the pub and I thought well I'm out the door now so I went yeah come on or whatever, and by the time I got back in the pub Zaragoza equalised in and it was two two. <laughs> I think I remember that one yeah. actually. I think I was watching that in my kitchen on on the laptop and just thinking when we scored. I think I got up and started tidying away my dishes, and then one of my mates was like, "Oh, Zaragoza has scored!" And I was like, "Oh God!" Um, and I think I remember it as well. And the other thing I remember is I was with a guy from South Africa who I think we wore the pink shirt that night. I think. Well, anyway, he was saying that he liked the pink shirt and he kept saying he might have to go to the Malaga club shop and buy their uniform and I had to keep saying, please stop saying uniform. Please stop saying uniform. It's not a uniform. But, Maybe, um, does he live in uh, Marbella? He doesn't. His dad was, he, I think his dad had some money and was thinking of moving here. So, Good. yeah. Yeah, we have a follower from South Africa. All right, okay. Um, could could be him, I don't know. Maybe maybe he fell in love with Malaga watching that 2-2 draw against Zaragoza. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I, I, he didn't know anything about football. He was a rugby union fan, as you would be if you're from South Africa. Um, yeah, or cricket. Oh, cricket, yeah. I think he, he was more rugby. Rugby union, sorry. I meant to say that. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what happened last time out. And obviously Zaragoza... Were, they hadn't lost, I think, when we played them at that time. And obviously they had a very good season up until the lockdown. Were, were, you, yeah. were you surprised that they didn't go up? Um, if you would say before the lockdown, yes, I was surprised. But after, you know, that the, I think the whole playing after the lockdown was a bit of a, of a luck thing. Yeah, a little bit more, but they they were particularly bad. I, I actually double checked earlier because I thought they'd only won one game after lockdown, but I, I checked and it was three games. But you know, this yeah. was a team that were right up there, um, and all, and of course Malaga's it, Malaga's last game before lockdown was against Aragoza, and they beat yeah. us, and we probably should have won. But. but did you see the stats of Cadiz after lockdown? Yes, as well, because they were miles ahead, weren't they? <sighs> yeah. Crazy, but you could say it's luck. You could say Huesca did the opposite, didn't they? They started winning lots of games and won the league yeah. in the end. Which, and well, they're doing very well this season in La Liga as well. They're playing good football when I've watched stuff of them. But um, yeah, and, and obviously they, as Zaragoza as well, they did get to the playoffs, but they 
They were the team that lost in the semi-finals to Elche, uh, 1-0. That famously uh, 40-year-old Nino scored the goal against them. And so they've only played three games so far because the teams that got in the playoffs started a couple of weeks later and they've drawn their first two games. And last weekend they beat Albacete 1-0 with a very late goal from what I remember, which... Um, as as we found out before coming on air, um, Albacete sacked their manager apparently, according to Alex. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so second second sacking in Segunda this season. Okay, who's the other? I can't remember. Yes. Lugo's manager sacked ah, yes. as well. Yes, I did see they, that. They really gained one point. Okay, right. I think it's safe to say that Girona, well, Girona not. That um, Lugo, Albacete, and Sabadell are looking to have a very difficult season. Yeah, it, it seems so. And uh, yeah, but you know, I don't want to talk too early yet. I don't want to. Nah, well, I was going to. I was going to ask this question a bit later about which way Malaga should be looking, but we'll stick with Zaragoza for just a little bit longer. Uh, Alex, game against Real Zaragoza away is 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 this? You know, this is a tough game, isn't it? I, I suppose. It's a tough place to go even, well, we don't know, I suppose, without fans anymore. But how do you feel about this game at the moment? Yeah, it's always one of those fixtures I always I look forward to it as well because um, there's something about the nets that they have. Oh, yeah. are just they're, they're fascinating. They're, it feels like you have to walk a, a couple hundred metres before you can get the ball back after you score. And um, I was thinking about this today for some weird reason from about the age of 7 to 12, I had Real Madrid TV. And I remember seeing a lot of games and playing against Zaragoza back when they were in La Liga and thinking, blimey, those nets are quite long. Um, so, yeah, it's always one of those, kind of like a, a, I've always wanted to go to, to a game there. and Yeah, I, I always get excited when we play Zaragoza because they're one of the bigger teams in Segunda. Yeah, I can't believe the when, like I said, on our sort of running order. What can we talk about Rails out of Goffa? I forgot about the Nets. They are brilliant. Yeah, if, if you've not seen the Nets or Rails out of Goffa, you need to check them out. As Alex <coughs> said, they're just they're, they're deep, aren't they? You sort of yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they've um, uh, the other thing, thing that surprised me because um, obviously they had the legendary manager Victor Fernandez uh, last season, who's managed them I think three times now, and. You know, he's a bit of a legend at the club, been there a long time. But um, he he resigned after the playoff. And they got in uh, Ruben Baraja, who is, you know, perhaps people my age will remember as, you know, being part of that good Valencia team. And, you know, was in the Spain team that went to a couple of World Cups. And it, But I don't know. I, I, had to, I checked this just before we started recording. But He's managed a few teams in Spain now, and he never seems to do very well, from what I gather. I'm not sure if I've missed something with him, but he's been at Gijón, Elche, and I don't know, he's, he's never seemed to do it. I, I, it seemed an odd appointment to me. I, I don't know if it's just because he's a big name and former Spanish international. I don't know if you guys know much about him. or As a player, yes, but as a, as a coach, not really. Let's well, hope he doesn't do a good job on... Uh... On Sunday. Well, I suppose that's a good thing. You don't know much about him. It suggests that he's not really set the world alight as a coach. Yeah. But um, what about you, Alex? Um, well, I, I mean, I've fought, I mean, obviously, being a Malaga fan, you, you follow Segunda uh, more recently as well. And I haven't seen much of him as a manager. I mean, I'm quite young, so I don't really remember too much as a player. 
Um, but yeah, I guess, if, I don't know, it's one of those things, if you haven't heard about him, do you do you be wary or <laughs> are, you, are you sort of unsure as to whether he's got anything to offer? So yeah, I know obviously he's quite an experienced manager. He's, you know, had quite a lot of teams in Spain and quite a lot of big teams as well. Um, so yeah, also maybe the fact that he's been out of management for a bit. I believe he had a three-year break before he took over the Zaragoza um, job. So yeah, respect to him as a manager and obviously you know I think more on the side of being wary of what he can do and obviously Zaragoza have got a brilliant team yeah and you've just made me feel really really old by saying you don't really remember him but yeah I suppose you wouldn't I was doing the maths in my head and I was like oh yeah that's that that is depressing for me um I, I did look at their team as well see if there's any names that might jump out especially to of course like our audience Adria. Yeah, well, I was going to come to him. I was going to... So, well, let, let's let's talk about him now, Adrian. So, Adrian is, you know, he signed there, our former captain and one of our top goal scorers last season. Uh, Chris, is, is it inevitable that, that he scores against us? Uh, he can score, but in his own goal. <laughs> Maybe we should message him that. Yeah. He's... Um, he's, he's He's only made three substitute appearances for them so far. Obviously, they've only played three games, but he's... He's yet to start a game for them, so it'll be interesting to see if that is if it stays that way. Um, the other one that jumped out at me, and I, I, I don't know if Chris would be familiar with him, maybe Alex will be because he's more of a football league veteran, is uh, Harris Vukic. Do you, do you remember him, Alex? Uh, the name rings a bell. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've... Yeovil has allowed me to see quite a lot of, um, you know, journeymen and... Yeah. Yeah, I think I vaguely remember. I don't think I've seen him play, but I remember he had a stint at Cardiff, didn't he? he and did. <laughs> um, well, a short stint. And uh, yeah, he's been around, so I'd, I might have seen him play in a few games. But yeah, I do. I do vaguely remember him going around the football league. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, re- I remember him going to Cardiff, and I, I've got a feeling I might have even seen him play in a South Wales derby, but. I'm almost certain I've seen him play somewhere. So I made a list of his teams, actually, trying to work out which one. So he started in Newcastle, where I don't think he really played. Then he went on loan to Cardiff, Bradford, Rotherham, Rangers and Wigan. So if you're a fan of those clubs and a Malaga fan, you might see a former player play this weekend. But um, yeah, I don't think I know Cardiff, then. Yeah? You know Cardiff, then? I do, indeed. Do you you want to say hello to him? (laughs) Can we? Yeah, of course you can. Go for it. You can do it. Pete, if you're listening, <laughs> I hope to see you very soon in Spain. And then we uh, go out for coffee. And Matt will join us. Yeah, I might even have a coffee as well. And we, we can talk about Harris Vukic's time at Cardiff and Real Zaragoza, maybe. Because that's an important topic. Do you guys know? That uh, Newcastle is like the club where all the Dutch people go who don't like football. In what way do you mean that? <laughs> well, not in an offensive way. <laughs> um, but you have this very famous boat trip from Holland to Newcastle. Yes. I and mean, yeah. one of the things is the football tour or seeing a game or the football tour through the stadium. And like everybody who doesn't like football... Uh, goes and and goes to Newcastle. Will go to the stadium and then later say 
when you talk about football, oh, but I went to Newcastle, and then, ah, then you know, hey, you actually don't like football. Mm, excellent stuff. Um, going back to Zara Goffa, which is a long, long way from Newcastle. What One other point I just want to make about them before we go towards Malaga a bit more. I, I quickly had a look at some stats to see if there's anything interesting that jumped out. And the one that did jump out to me is they've scored three goals in three games. But in those three games, they've only had five shots on target. So it shows they're quite efficient in front of goal. They've three goals from yeah. five shots on target. So I just thought... But that, so are we. I suppose we are, yeah. But um, but nowhere near that efficient. Nah. No. Um, again, you know, we don't have gunpowder. That's what we're missing. Um, they draw the, against Las Palmas 2-2? They did, yes. They uh, won against Albacete 1-0, which you already mentioned that. And the last result, I, I've lost the last one. That's a draw as well. Albacete, they won and Alcorcon 0-0. They had thing. red cards. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was gonna, I was gonna mention this actually. I forgot to mention in the Las Palmas part, and it, it'll lead us back into Malaga quite nicely. Ma- Las Palmas, obviously, they went down to ten men against us. That was their third red card in the opening five games of the season. But the thing that jumped out to me was, do you know the Malaga have the most yellow cards in the league now? Really? Yeah, we have fifteen, which is the joint most with Las Palmas actually. Which, yeah, that was my reaction, but we. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't think how. I can't remember us being particularly dirty, but I suppose it is only three yellow cards a game, which isn't crazy amount. So, but yeah, we do have the most yellow cards. So we are an absolutely filthy team, apparently. <laughs> um, well, not as filthy as Los Palmas or Saragossa, <laughs> who both have received two reds already. There you go. Uh, well, hopefully we'll get another one this weekend. But going to Malga then... Um, Sergio Pellice came out this week and he, well, after the Las Palmas game, basically, and said that, you know, there's no time to be patient, really. We just need to start getting results straight away, which, I don't know, seemed a bit against his usual sort of quite calm, cool-headed things he says in press conferences. Alex, do you think that is sort of a good message to be putting towards these young players? Or do you think he's right? We do need to start getting wins straight away. I think... Usually, I'm all all for one of well, I'm all for criticizing the players in private and praising them in public. And it does get to a certain point where you need to maybe give them that sort of. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say it, but that sort of kick up the um, the behind to sort of get them moving, uh, as you would with a, a donkey that's maybe moving quite slowly. And so, yeah, I think obviously. It, it's stating the obvious that we have to improve. And I feel like it's not just a fact of saying, oh, we have to improve and then that's it, we improve. I feel like it's more of a case of oh, we have to work out what's the best formation for us. And, you know, obviously we've had games where we've had periods of play where we've been on top and periods of play where we've been, you know, backed against the wall or, you know, defending quite heavily. So I think it's a case of, as you said, working out, first of all, what team he wants or what formation he wants to play and then the players that can fit into that formation. Okay. Alex, mm-hmm. um, you gave an example. This, uh, uh, the, in the after-match dispatch, you gave an example. I don't remember it. Do you remember it? I do. Um, talking about the cat... Cool. The cat and the turtle. Yeah. 
So I was talking about this is going back to Las Palmas, yeah, but it listen, feels like this is fun. Um, when Las Palmas went down to ten men, this is my idea of how Malaga have played so far this season, not just against Las Palmas, but it feels like Las Palmas were like a turtle who had gone inside their shell, and Malaga were the cat trying to get the turtle to come out of the shell, but they just had no idea of how to get it to come out. And it was almost like they were, you know, prodding it, maybe giving it the odd swipe or, you know, coming up and sniffing it, but just not not sure what to do and how to how to get the turtle to come out. So I think that's been a problem for Malaga, just yes. lacking that creativity in the final third. So my message to Saragossa would be: don't be a turtle. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, so, well, I, I, I'll, I might use that in a lesson, Alex, because I was doing about analogies and metaphors with a class today. So I can go into lesson tomorrow and say, did anybody watch Malaga Las Palmas on Sunday? And of course they're all going to say, yes, we all sat down and watched that one, Mr. Matt. Um, yeah, it's a bit like a cat and a turtle, wasn't it? And they're like, of course. Um, yeah. Which, which leads but, me, I, I was, can I just tell my really my rubbish joke involving a turtle while it's in my head where um, someone said, can I... Someone went into a bookshop and said, "Can I get a book about turtles?" And the guy said, "Hardback." And he said, "Yeah, that's the one." And small heads as well. <laughs> that's quite a good one. That. Yeah, I don't think I told it very well, but um, yes. Um, yes. Well, we'll go back to something Alex just said there, Chris. Where um, he said we need to work out what our best starting eleven is. So I'm just going to throw it out there now. We're, we're five games in. Chris Marquez, what would be your starting eleven for Malaga now that we've seen most of our players at least play a little bit? Less defensive. I don't know what... I, I, I can't give you names, but less defensive. No. Um, we know Pedicier has a, has a love for defensive football, uh, but that isn't working out. Definitely not with three strikers uh, or two strikers who don't uh, really scored that much or didn't score yet in five games. Okay, well, what about you then, Alex? What would you change? And I don't know, do, do, do you want to even go, do you want to be that little bit more ballsy? Do you want to have a go at a start in 11? I'll, go, I'll, I'll have a go. Um, so I think I'm happy with Danny Barrio so far. I think, I don't know, maybe bring uh, Soriano in for a game and see how he fares but I feel like with keepers it's all about giving them a run of games and keeping their confidence high so unless Danny Baddiel really commits a howler keep him in the squad I think permit with Casas. I think he's done well obviously he had a bit of a blip last game but yeah I think permit with him and I'll keep him going hopefully when Lomban's back to fitness him and Juan de uh, centre-back is my ideal partnership and Matos at left back and then in the midfield I quite like a maybe a it depends on if, if I'm going to use Zaragoza as a game for example what starting 11 I'd use I would go for maybe Escassi as a holding midfielder and then in the midfield I go with Ramon and Munoz and then on the left I think I'd try and change it up because I'm not a fan of Rahmani yet um, I'm yet to see something that's well I've seen glimpses of it but nothing too concrete so someone else instead of um, instead of Rahmani maybe Christian on the left I'm not sure if he's accustomed to that sort of position 
and uh, I like Samperio on the right, and up front I'd like to see Chavaria um, and maybe Issa Fomba. Okay, now that sounded pretty cool to me. The, the Issa Fomba thing, a bit of a left field choice, but I, I'm all for it. While you were doing that, I was trying to write mine down, and I, re- I realised centre midfield is tough actually. We've got quite a lot of decent centre midfielders, but quickly went because I thought I'd written it down earlier, but I, I've gone three at the back with Quande and Lomban. And it's Scassi and playing sweeper, so he can go off if he needs to. Ishmael and Matos on each wing, or wing back, sorry. Christian and Munez in the middle. And then I've sort of got Quintana. I, I, I don't know what his fitness is, but I really like Hicham. I think he makes things happen. So I'm still putting Hicham in above the others, just because I know he can do it. And Quintana uh, up front. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about this, Bill. Go on, Chris. No, no one of you puts Joseph in? Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've, 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 he was quite good in the last game as well. We didn't really talk about him, did we? But um, yeah, that, that, to be honest with you, when I was looking at the winger positions, I was thinking, I'm forgetting about someone here. And then I thought, oh, I forgot about San Piero. But then, no, I forgot about him as well. Now I think about it, which um, I suppose that's good. Shows we've got um, players. Yeah. <laughs> which, which we weren't sure we would have at the start. Yeah, the midfielders. You know what I don't understand? Uh, because we also have Joaquin, who didn't make any minutes yet because he uh, was injured. Not sure if he's still injured. Um, but Malaga had one, could sign one more player. Would you sign Joaquin or would you go for another striker? Um, I think now we're underway a bit more. My feeling is another striker. Well, Because M- Mamadou Sila, Malaga wanted to sign, but couldn't because of the 18... Chips, who are when chips, the 18 spots Malaga had uh, were full because of Joaquin coming in. I think they could use that spot better for uh, Isa Fomba, who signed with Girona. Not Isa Fomba, Sila. Uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, Mamadou Sila. <laughs> oh, you even forgot after you, you became such good friends with him over private message and you've already got his yes. name wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, 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 he's going to fall out with you now. Um, interestingly, two points just about the squad, though. Um, and something occurred to me just before we came, um, started recording, is with it being international week this past weekend, it did occur to me that we don't have any internationals to worry about anymore, do we? Because obviously last season we had the uh, two Albanians, we had Quampi and Mikel, and we had Munier. Um, but we don't have to worry about that anymore, which I suppose is a good thing. Um, well, that is. Y- yeah. <laughs> Does Saragossa has, has any internationals? Well, it doesn't matter now because they'll be back by then. But um, yeah. But no, I, I don't know. And the other thing, I don't know if you saw this, um, it was written somewhere, that by the end of the game, or during one part of the game against Las Palmas, we had 11 professional players on the pitch for the first time in so many games or something is no use awesome. yeah that's so doing that little exercise of who would you put in the start in 11 does highlight to you actually that we do have you know not overflowing with players but we do have some sort of depth which is um which is good yes. we have overflow on uh, on midfield on yeah. midfielders yeah so so actually when marcus said we lack gunpowder we but we don't have the gun i suppose we do have the Things which are making the bullets for the gun, 
<laughs> but, but we don't think but the bullets are missing yeah the, the bullets are a little bit faulty as well yeah um, <laughs> they, they, they're, they're sort of um, what do you call it BB things you put in BB guns they, they do yeah. a little bit of damage but you know don't, or we they, have or we have Andrea Bocelli uh, uh, shooting <laughs> the gun wow we're for, we're maybe for, we could use the example of a musket so we have the gun, but maybe the gunpowder's a bit damp, so it's not firing properly. I like my uh, Andrea Bocelli better. <laughs> it's like um, like we're having a metaphor off here. Well, uh, it can be Andrea Bocelli. It also can be like another Stevie guy Wonder, who and he's blind. Yeah. Okay. Right. Stevie Wonder. I just said uh, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody follow Stevie Wonder on Twitter? Uh, I don't. <laughs> okay, tonight I'm going to do a, a retweet of the Stevie Wonder account. All right, okay, I, I can't wait. Um, okay, so um, I think we're very close to sign, sealing and delivering this podcast. So to, to finish with, um, I, I will just ask a simple question. We're five games in now. We've sort of seen the team. We've got a bit of an idea. Chris, are you happy with this start overall? I've seen positive things. And I also see negative things. So the only thing that worries me is the uh, is the goals, making the goals. Okay, so you're satisfied, we'll say, not pleased, but satisfied so far. Um, I don't know because still I have a bit of worries. Okay, I won't put words in your mouth again then. Um, <laughs> nah, you you can always put words words in my mouth. Well, <laughs> um. Alex, what about you then, just before we finish off? How do you feel this, this start of the season's gone so far? I mean, uh, I've, I've started to feel like a bit of a resident Roy Keane with a bit of negativity. But I'm actually, overall, I'm really pleased with how we've been. I think if you'd have said to me after the area was announced, after five games we'd be in the top half of the table, I would have been, I don't know what I would have done. I would have been so happy. I would have been... I, I would have thought someone was having me having me on. So I'm I'm pleased with how we've done so far. Obviously, there are things to improve on, but yeah, looking on the up, I'm I'm I think we've done well. Yeah, and to carry on a Stevie Wonder analogy, we can hopefully reach higher ground. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to what you just said, though, Alex. One thing. I did see someone on Twitter put this. Um, I can't remember who, so forgive me. It was a, it was in Spanish. So it was one of the Spanish Malaga fans, which you know, obviously most of them are Spanish, believe it or not. Um, that they said that, that we need to have a bit of perspective because we've got seven points from five games, whereas last season it took us eleven games to get eight points. So you know, when you put it like that, you can. We are we have improved on last season already. Hopefully, you know we get one point in the next six games, and that stat is not redundant. But yeah, I think there's like like Chris said. Of course, it's not perfect, and again, to use that word, Alex has used many times. There is gelling issues. I still think there's a particular issue with the fullbacks and the wide players linking up. I don't think there's much of a relationship there so far, and I always think good teams are built on those sort of relationships between fullbacks going up the pitch and sort of you know crossing by and but you know that'll come hopefully but yeah I'm very happy so well happy so far we won't go very yet um 
but yeah, I think that's it for today, guys. So um, I don't know if there's anything you guys want to finish with or add or big up. Well, I'm Malaga. Uh, I would like to say, well, it's more of a question because I'm seeing um, loads of, um, oh, well, loads. We can see where our listeners come from. And I see people from the United States every week from the same parts of the United States. And that, that um, excites me. <laughs> and I want to know more of them. So if you are from the United States and you've made it this far and you are listening every week or it's your first time or get in contact with us. We have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Tinder, Grindr. <laughs> We are all kinds of uh, everything you LinkedIn. Um, it's Geerycast. Yeah. And get in touch with us, and we want to know your story and why you how you found us, how why you're interested in in, in the Malaga podcast. Is it Matt's voice? Is it what? We want to know what it is. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully you Americans can help make Malaga great again. Yes. So finishing off then so thank you Alex Ashmore as always thank you very much enjoy your time sort of locked up but not really locked up or however it works there Uh, I'll try my best (laughs) and Chris thank you yes thank you Matt thank everybody for listening and vamos Malaga yes as Chris said thank you all for listening you've been listening to the Geary cast on Sport Direct Radio adios and as always vamos Malaga Oh, yeah.